as hungry as can be Baby, quiet, cause my head's killing me. I seen my ex last night, Mama, at a dance at Miller's store. She was with that Jackie White, Mama. I killed them both, and they're buried under Jenkins' sycamore. Don't you think I'm psycho, Mama? You can pour me a cup If you think I'm psycho, Mama Better let them lock me up Don't hand the dog to me, Mama I might squeeze him too tight And I'm as nervous as can be, Mama But let me tell you about last night I woke up in Johnny's room, Mama Standing right by his bed With my hands near his throat, Mama Wishing both of us was dead You think I'm psycho, don't you, Mama? I just killed Johnny's pup. You think I'm psycho, don't you, Mama? You better let him lock me up. You know the little girl next door, Mama? I think her name is Betty Clark. Don't tell me that she's dead Mama Why, I just seen her in the park She was sitting on a bench Mama Thinking up a game to play Seems I was holding a wrench Mama Then my mind walked away You think I'm psycho, don't you, Mama? Didn't mean to break your cup. You think I'm psycho, don't you, Mama? Mama, Mama, why don't you get up? Say something to me, Mama. So hey guys, welcome back to Napalm and Friends. And I have the pleasure of sitting with a man who is on the way to your mom's best friend's daughter's house to drink her, her kids' Capri Suns and the founder of Wooden Barrel Co., Ricky. Thank you so much for giving me a bit of your time. I know you've had a hectic day and I know you're busy. So thank you so much for sitting down with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. And you are an absolute character. And I love watching the adventures you go on with your bike and all your buddies. And it's just so wild and so unhinged and in the best possible way. Like it's yeah. not an insult whatsoever. And there is definitely a sense of like freedom and joy that I get from watching you guys. And <laughs> it just, it radiates. 
So I can see and appreciate how Wooden Barracle is born from this passion. But before we get into where you are today, how did you come across like motorcycles? Because I mean, motorcycle culture isn't just for anyone. Like there's definitely some grit there. It, it, it's it's pretty freaking gnarly, to be honest, because uh, you know what? I actually had to retrace my steps. I feel like I've been going so hard on the paint that uh, it's going fast, like it, where, where I'm at now. And I don't feel like I'm at in any position other than I'm able to build something and go. But uh, in the beginning of times, whenever I when when I just first started, it was um, it was tough, man. Because first of all, it's like uh, like you need factors to play into making something happen. One of them is you need money, right? So money buys you bikes, bikes get you freedom freedom brings happiness you know so in other words it was very tough in the beginning to kind of like collect yourself come up with a couple bucks i am not the most fortunate to be able to say i could walk into any job site or any uh, uh company or anything to go ask for a job because uh, it's a long story there i'm not a felon but uh you could say that i'm very close to just like one you know and in the sense that uh we don't we don't get uh priorities like that you know so getting your first bike or my first bike was really extreme so uh i, I like uh you did talk about uh, the race of gentlemen which is one thing that's a huge inspiration when i first started was a uh, cafe racers right so um i first just wanted to build bike i didn't want to ride a bike i wanted to build a bike and uh coming from a background of just being able to put things together going from when you were a kid building a puzzle to where you even from uh, coloring books using the right colors to make something real nice and I, i'm not a musician i'm not an artist i can't say that i'm really good at using a paintbrush or i don't even know how to draw so i can't really say i got into that niche through those through those other things, but uh, I pretty much got on TV one day, hit YouTube, and I was like, you know what, let's let's see what a motorcycle is like. I think I was like maybe like 19 or 20, and unlike other people, I don't, I'm not birthed into this thing, you know, like my dad never rode a bike. My uncles, they probably had a bike at some point, but never really like like rubbed off on me like that. My neighbor never owned a bike. So I can't say I, I started it off like that, like the majority of people I'd say, but uh, yeah, got on YouTube, uh, searched fucking motorcycles. And I started seeing which motorcycle really applies to your personality. Cause there's tons of bikes out there. So uh, building a motorcycle was the first thing on my mind. And it's still the first thing on my mind because I could say building a motorcycle is way more fun than riding one. Really? So, yeah, it really is. So I started off on um, on a CB550 and I never got it running. Just full disclosure, never got that thing running. That thing, like, I don't think I even built nothing right on that bike. So I pretty much just used my money that I was able to have at the time and uh, started buying parts and went on from there. And uh, that actually led to me freaking out, like, dude, what the hell am I doing? I'm just spending money on parts. 
I don't even know how to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> and mind you, all my bikes have always been built inside my apartment. So I know most people have like a space to build or a garage or even their buddy's shop. But uh, no, my, my bikes, all my bikes actually come from my apartment. And all my buddies know since I was like 22, 23, I could say, uh, I've always been around motorcycles inside of my apartment. So if you're in my apartment right now, barefooted, watch out, don't stub your toe because you will get tetanus. You will get tetanus. <laughs> All right. Fair warning out there for any listeners that are, that are have been invited or will be invited. Um, so you did mention that you don't really come from a background of having people like work on motorcycles and all that. So you did have YouTube. Can I just say like, thank God for our overlords like Google and YouTube. Like They <laughs> teach us so much. I swear to God. I remember one time they were like, uh, you know, there's always like rumors on social media and stuff like misinformation. Uh, I started reading that they were like YouTube was going to charge money to uh, use the app and Google as well. If I'm not mistaken, I started freaking out. I'm like, dude, this is where all my information lies. Like, what the hell am I going to do? Like, I started freaking out. But uh, it ended up just being all uh, misinformation. And I was I was stoked to know that I could still go on YouTube and Google. But yeah, I did, I did tell um, a couple of the kids that I always get to come across that really want to do this same thing is uh, YouTube is the worst place to get your information from. Is it? It's the worst place. And I know a lot of people are like, dude, I, I learned it on YouTube. I do this on YouTube. But uh, me as a as a person that goes straight to YouTube first, uh, you have to debunk the information that you learn on YouTube because some dude could tell you how to do something, but he'll never show you him riding the bike right after or if it worked or if it's a, a reliable a fix or a reliable mod. So it's not much of a, not that great of information, but the be your best friend will be the forums on Google. There's tons of forums with people that are actual mechanics, uh, actual bike builders, uh, people of, of trade that will debunk every information that you probably picked up on YouTube and let you know that you're doing it completely wrong. And there's different things that you want to pick up as far as information, because if you just want a bar hopper, you want to make a bike that'll take you to the bar and back and you could do almost whatever you want but when you're uh, half a state away from your home you're gonna want that bike to bring you back home so you kind of have to listen to the people that apply to what you are trying to build right or even just hop on for a little while no definitely and i couldn't agree more when you said as far as like getting your information from like youtube but then also putting in the work to debunk and i feel like that should go across the board like yeah whatever information you get online fact check it and i've, I've said it before early on in the episodes of the shack i just got in lazy lately but it's like whatever i say on here it's like don't trust it it's like i want people to fact check yeah, it. Like, yeah. yeah. But you know what? So you say they have a bunch of motorcycles in your apartment. What was the first one that you built? I don't know anything about motorcycles. To okay. be honest. I, my so Neanderthal brain just goes into like, <laughs> just get a hammer, fix it with fire. Uh, <laughs> but maybe listeners out there probably would know more. Uh, so what was it like building your first one or what was so, it? So the first successful build that was able to get to be on the road and it wasn't from scratch. So uh, my level of knowledge started off with the easiest most 
best thing you could get away with with not spending too much money and be able to at least go visit your favorite freaking uh, dispensary or your favorite bar at the time i think uh i wasn't drinking as much so i didn't really care to go to the bar well mind you i didn't really have writing friends so i couldn't go to the bar with my friends that are in a car like they, they'll they'll like they always looked at me a certain way where they're like oh dude well you're on a bike like you're having more fun and it wasn't true it was only just to hang out and have a good time but i know low-key i was having a lot of fun but um, that comes a little bit after but uh it's a honda rebel 250 oh and uh, this has got to be the the same story for many guys that are in my position maybe not builders but uh definitely motorcyclists or bikers there's a stigma between being a biker or uh, or a motorcyclist but uh a lot of people start on on a on a honda rebel 250 and that is your what i would believe is your beginner bike and it's borderline a motorcycle and a moped because it's just the engine is so small like uh you and i gotta give a shout out to my buddy harvey that dude rides with us we've got the biggest bikes on the road uh 1340 cc's uh you got up to like 1700 cc's on the newer harleys and my buddy is right behind us on that 250 no matter what coming to every single uh ride we go every trip he's there and he's the only one i know and mind you i've i know what it feels like to be on a honda rebel 250 and i swear to you like it is a rough ride like it is it, in in my case i'm not trying to like uh like downplay anyone who rides slow bikes you know you ride what you want but uh, that bike has got to be the slowest bike i've ever been on and i do not want to be on the highway on a slow bike where cars are flying by like 60 70 almost 80 miles per hour right next to you on this thing you just get a little wind it starts wobbling so that was actually my first bike and i've never got on the highway on that thing never got on the freeway uh it was such a blast uh just the other day uh so i work i manage a skate shop so uh me and another guy we manage a skate shop and the guy that sold me that bike I have never seen him since he came in the other day. He's like, dude, I know you. I sold you a Honda Rebel. I was like, dude, that's me. And he's like, no way. Like you outgrew that bike. He saw my bike that I'm riding at now outside. And he's like, wow, dude, you really like outdid yourself. Like you really graduated from that bike. And I'm like, I did, man. I, I knew this was for me the minute I actually rode that bike. Cause that's the first bike I was able to learn how to ride. And swap bars can't say build because so many people are going to be like oh are you a builder or do you really build your bikes or are you just putting it together with parts that you buy well there's a timeline from this you know in the beginning i was i was not a builder i was just a guy that put a, a, some handlebars on and uh a new seat uh you know doing the basic little mods that you could do to switch up your ride and um that was it and that thing I swear to God, was to this day the coolest bike I've get. I gotta say I've ever owned. <laughs> nice. I will say this for the listeners: I will be tagging your Instagram and Wooden Barrel Co.'s Instagram in the link of this episode or in the bio of this episode, because even if you don't know anything about bikes, like in my case, it's still <laughs> just fun to watch and engage. I remember I messaged you. You did a like a little montage of 
What was the video like? You guys were racing out in the desert. Oh yeah, damn right. Yeah, the Billwell 100. Absolutely. So that just looked like an absolute blast. Like you don't need to know exactly what's going on with the bikes. I know that that is the that is the main um, attraction, but the sense of community and friends and friendship that you build oh, from that. Yeah. So all my buddies that I have now, I did not meet back in the day. Like it was pretty much, uh, and this is how. Uh, uh, this is the weirdest way to rephrase it, but uh, uh, I think that the saying is like, if you build it, they will come. Yep. And that's pretty much the case. So, uh, and, and back to my case, uh, I can't afford, uh, let's say I wanted to buy a chopper right off the bat, already built. I cannot afford that. Like my, my wage, the what I make is literally not in that ballpark. So uh, I, if I want to write something nice, I have to build it. And if it's nice to me, then it's good enough. So uh, pretty much uh, the people that I've met thus to this day, uh, I've recently just met them. And a lot of these guys, I feel like, like I've met them and known them for so many years. It, it's, I think I love, I, I, it's safe to say that I love their company. I love the way they live life. And it, strongly applies to the way I live life and it coincides with every goal that I try to achieve because you know most people want to get rich have that big house you know uh, many people want to have that really nice car and most of the time you're in debt for life you know yeah you got yourself a home and you're you you don't know if you're gonna pay it off at the end of the year you're just going in you know hoping for the best and that applies to most of us that uh live in this side of town you know where a lot of us probably still live at our parents house you know and not because we you know want to live in our parents house because we need to live there i don't live in my parents house but i know a few people that are saving their money so they could actually get something bigger it's just the times that we live in but uh definitely that applies to the goals that you want to make and i am a horrible 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 outdoorsman so i cannot tell you where to camp i can't tell you uh where we're gonna gas up before we hit like we're 100 200 miles away so we'll have a buddy for that you know we have a buddy that's been there before so he'll like host or guide us and then we have another buddy that knows where the good food is at. And then it just plays around in that circle. And then eventually it'd be up to you. Like, what can you bring to the table? Well, in case we're broken down in the middle of the road somewhere, we, we, we there's two or three of us that know what we're doing a little bit. And we'll be able to get back on the road for sure. No, definitely. So again, like, there's definitely a sense of, like, community and family. So again, for the listeners, give... I think it's like Rick Thrasher. You're, um, I'm going to tag your Instagram and Wooden Barrel, yeah. Wooden Barrel Co.'s Instagram in the bio of this. Give them a follow. Support local. And then speaking of local, you're at a skate shop. You, you mentioned that you also manage yeah. it. And there's definitely a sense of freedom and thrills, like with your passions as far as like skating and writing. So if you can like elaborate a little bit more on that, like see how it maybe it overlaps. This one is very extensive because... Uh it's I've kind of seen this throughout my whole life in skateboarding so uh, I had a very short career in skating you could say because you could skate for 20 years but if you really want to get sponsored and do the competitions do the video part stuff you will only meet that 
at a at the end of you uh, actually skating because that would be when you are the better skater. So um, throughout my short-lived career, I think I've been skating for about 19 years, maybe 20 years. So in the first 15, like actually in the first 10, uh, you're just hanging out with your buddies, you know, be rebellious, it's fine. And then the next five, uh, you're kind of taking it serious, something's really happening. And then the last two, you end up getting sponsors, you get free stuff, you get some spotlight. If you make it to a magazine, great. If you don't, we kind of know where you're going to end up at. So uh, when I first started skating, I got introduced to skating from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. And that was probably like in the early 2000s. It could be 99. I don't remember. Uh, but um, they have videos of pro skaters, like little snippets clips of them trying to introduce them as a skater and i remember in that specific one i think it was steve caballero he actually has skating and dirt bikes in involved and i'm like i thought this was a skate thing like why is there a freaking motorcycle involved forgot about it years later so now this is let's let's fast forward like 10 years so now, no, probably 15. Well, fast forward 15 years, and then I'm watching my favorite video of all time, uh, which is um, Real Skateboards. Uh, I forgot the name of the video right off the name, of, uh, right off the bat of my head. But um, so pretty much in that video, there's this pro skater called Max Schaff. Max Schaff, in that video, is just him. There's, he only has a couple of tricks of him hitting the half pipe, uh, but... This dude is riding a chopper in like most of the video. And I'm like, whoa, that looks fucking cool. But I'm not going to like get deep embedded into that thing. So I'm like, dude, this guy is ripping on a motorcycle. That's pretty freaking awesome. And he's skating badass. So yeah. fast forward another few years and I'm getting older. I'm already hitting like 20, 21. And I, I'm starting to get injured a little bit more often because, you know, as you get better, you start trying to jump off of stairs more, hit bigger rails, hit bigger stairs, hit bigger spots. So the injuries are coming in and I start really like thinking like, dude, can I really do this for the rest of my life? Like probably not, but what is going to give me the same thrill as skateboarding did? Because face it, I'm still a teenager at heart. So I'm not going to go get an office job. I'm really am not, you know, I'm going to find a way to make money, a different way and at the same time find a thrill so I could still find that teenager sense in the small things that we do now because we're adults you know you're you can't just act a fool at the bar you're gonna get kicked out you know you can't just act a fool in the street you're gonna look down upon so you, I, you know I, I just kept spinning in my head what can I do what can I do what can I do I've developed anxiety throughout that time. So it was more like a, a faster pace now. Like, what do I, ha I have to do something. So uh, I go back to old school skating again. And that video, the real video popped up again and reminded me motorcycles. Holy shit. Like, I don't know what it feels to ride one or even if I could ride one. Cause I don't know how to ride stick shift, drive stick shift. Like I've only had one buddy that tried to teach me. I stalled a hundred thousand times. I can't do it. But, um, I told myself, uh, I'm not going to have this big old car. That's a stick shift just to learn. So I could just get a motorcycle and learn from there. And hopefully 
I could uh, I could seem as happy as these guys looked when on their videos. So right then and there, I made a huge connection between motorcycles and skateboarding. How, where, and when, I did not know at the time, but uh, I do now. So if you ask me that, now I'm going to tell you, it, riding a motorcycle is equivalent to bombing a hill. And those who skate, they know what bombing a hill is. For those that don't skate, it's pretty much getting to the top of a hill in downtown Los Angeles, you know, and then just gunning it down as soon as the light turns green and just try to race every single car, try to uh, try to move away from every single crack and just feel it. You just feel it's just you and the asphalt. If you do something wrong, you're going to fall down. Same thing in motorcycles. If you do something wrong, you're going to fall down. I've fallen down a few times, but we'll probably save that for later. But um, yeah, and, and you get the same excitement. So just picture you bombing a hill for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, sometimes five hours. And you'll get exhausted, but you get that same thrill. You're just in the moment, you know?
saving that for another moment as far as like all the accidents and all the stories uh i will hold you to that 
You are okay. always more than welcome to come back. <laughs> so then I want to know, like, where exactly did Wooden Barrel Co. come about? Uh, and back again to the money thing. So uh, I, you, you kind of start calculating, like, okay, cool. Uh, I'm going to make $2,000 and save up $2,000, buy yourself a motorcycle. And you could just go from there. Uh, st- stick with what you just bought, leave it as is, and then just continue living your life with that $2,000 a motorcycle. But me, I already at that time had seen so many beautiful bikes. And you always hear about people dropping 10000 20000 30000 So the $30,000 compared to a $2,000 investment is just so much money. So... Uh, I got together with the guys and I'm like, Hey dude, like no one in this area, or I can't say no one. Uh, I could say very few people, uh, almost to none where they're hiding in the corners of their garage, uh, in Southeast LA, uh, don't ride choppers. You know, they don't really like put that modification. If you do see it, it's those Chicano bikes, you know, you like the Mayans MC, big old baggers, you know, ex- extraordinary paint jobs. Then again, we're still talking about 30K, 50K bikes. And I wanted one. I'm like, how can I get one of those? And I actually dabbled into business school a bit. So I was able to kind of like, uh, kind of think of something in my brain, like, okay, cool. We could kind of started business. I did not want this to become a big thing only because I'm a one man army. So I'm actually to this day, very scared that wooden barrel is going to become something greater than it is because it's just me, you know, and it's very hard to build bikes, sell shirts, manage a skate shop, still try to skate and kind of just work around all that. So in the beginning, I was like, what, could buy us bike parts what could get us bike parts and then i started thinking like cool uh you know many people are entertained by a tv series of like fast and loud which is like uh richard rawlings uh his his uh car building like show uh they build really really expensive cars counting cars you know those guys uh uh American Chopper, West Coast Choppers, all of that. So it's like, it's entertaining to watch. So at first I was thinking, you know what, what if I do something that will entertain your average Joe, um, young or old, and still kind of participate in that? So at the time, it was very unlikely to come across that in this area from people that were smaller. You already had like power plant, you already had uh, like the cycle zombies guys from Huntington mm, Beach. So everything was so far out. And I'm talking about Hollywood, Huntington Beach, all those very popular areas where, you know, you could say there's a little bit of money there, you know, so they could buy a panhead right off the bat or they can invest in a knucklehead. Uh, to this day, I don't have that budget yet. I would love to and aim that route. But um, I was thinking, how can I not spend my own personal money that I'm making at work because I still got bills and rent to pay? Yeah. So um, uh, my buddy was like, let's just, you know, let's get you selling shirts. I was like, okay, cool. Uh, what should we name it? 
And I'm like, I don't really know. Like, he's like, all right, I could draw you some things out and then tell me if you like them. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I'm down with that. So he was just drawing random stuff, random motorcycle stuff. And then I was thinking of the company name. And then it just hit me. Like, I love whiskey a lot. Like, that's my drink of choice. Mm-hmm. And they usually have, they usually uh, age uh, whiskey in a barrel. And then I started thinking like, oh shit, like skateboards are made out of wood. So then I started putting more and more together and I'm thinking like, holy shit, like realistically, you could toss all these ideas in a barrel. And I started thinking all these crazy random thoughts. I'm like, oh, like get barreled and surfing or like, you know, it just started applying more much of a barrel is really around us but we really don't know until you really kind of just snap into it and it, it just came into me I'm like dude i could call this wooden barrel co like this is where you could and then in the skate shop usually they have a barrel and they have used boards in it and you go and pick out used boards or the cheaper boards or the sale boards so i'm like this just works man it, it works and if it doesn't that's fine but so far everybody loves the name and kind of they love where it's coming from and it's it's just stuck and I'm like this is dope yeah I couldn't agree more because like now learning the story behind the name I was like holy shit that's perfect like I love it that much more and again I want to say to the listeners Wooden Barrel Co. will be tagged in the bio I know you say that you don't want it to get too big but I mean like fuck yeah support local you know yeah uh, definitely and you know uh it did slow down because of the pandemic, like a lot of things, obviously. Yeah. And um, it, it's it's something that's going to come back a little bit uh, more. Uh, it's going to come back different. You know, I'm working on a few things that are It's going to change the theme of the company, but it's definitely still going to apply to everything else. And, and mainly, mainly is going to be revolved around all of our adventures in video form. So people could relate in a deeper in a deeper aspect where they're like, yo, dude, these guys are from Southeast L.A. They go buy booze at my liquor store and, you know, uh, they will be able to kind of like interact more with us because uh, not only it's not like a team thing because. Uh, we're not doing events. We're not doing stuff like that. I'm not taking a group of dudes, but the people that you do see participate in Wooden Barrel Co., all those guys are all the homies, you know, and then we could say that's the team. And you could always come across these guys at the at, at their job, at the swap meet, at, uh, you know, biker events that we go to. And you could always go up to them and say what's up and say, hey, I, I seen you. I seen you guys actually like see what you guys are doing, riding your bikes, having fun, this and this and that, because it's happened before these guys. And they're it actually happened about a week ago to like two of the guys and they're like yo rick what the hell you actually had two people like come like a person come up to us and tell us like yo dude you are like you're that dude in rick thrash's videos huh and they're like yeah yeah we are what the hell who are you he's like no dude i watch those videos like religiously like that's freaking cool as hell like it's good to see that you guys are actually like real <laughs> no it, it definitely is and you know like i know i would want to like tag along i am looking into possibly getting a motorcycle this year 
um, which I'm going to ask for some advice towards the end of the episode, because maybe like the advice you give to me, someone else might find it helpful. Um, but it's definitely a blast watching you guys go out and have fun. It's like, even though I work from home, so I feel like this like locked up hermit where I'm like, I live through the internet. Like I live through other people's experiences. So it's like, I love the fact that you share those little moments, you know, and I understand like we did chat about it before where you said it's hard to record because you're so caught up in the moment. Yeah. That, and that I completely respect. Yeah. It's so hard. And you know, my buddy, Jeff, uh, dude is like the one of the dopest guys I've ever met writing. He's just like the realest cat I've ever met. And he is really good with the camera. We're going 90 on the freeway. He's on a rigid bike just shaking his ass off. And he's like right there just filming on his phone. And I'm like, what the hell? Like at first it just snap, I snap into him like, oh, he's, he's filming. Don't ruin his shot. You only get one shot, you know? Yeah. He's like, don't ruin the shot. Get in there and get out and let's hope for the best. And every single time he pops out that camera, just magic happens, you know? So you you actually, a lot of the footage you do see is actually filmed by Jeff. And then um, all the, you know, the shenanigans in the, in the house or in the campsite or anywhere, it's usually me just really, really drunk, just popping out the, the, the camera. I know there's a lot of people, I mean, at this age, a lot of people went sober or a lot of people like kind of minimize the uh, their consumption to party and it's cool like every there's a sober guy that hangs out with us you know it's but it, it the party never really uh gets diluted because of that they still contribute to the party so even if yeah. you do see us drinking uh don't think that just because we're drinking we're having fun no there's people having fun that don't drink or party or whatever, you know, it's just, you got to have that attitude. You know, if you got the attitude and you got, you, you got it in you, you will definitely have a damn good time, you know? Definitely. Um, and I do want to throw in there. It's a question that I always save for every, like every guest across the board is if you had to put together a class syllabus, what film book or album would be on it? Uh, is it all three? All right. And uh, class syllabus, am I the teacher? You're the teacher. So you decide. Okay. It's like you pick the book, the film, or the album. You can only put one or all three. Entirely up to you. It's your class. I'll throw all three because I did think about this. I was like, you know what? And then I think it'll have like uh, uh, a few categories in the film because there's just so many films but the one film that really uh, like like popped out to me and there i'll actually i'll put two films that way it's like person could pick but uh it would be werewolves on wheels i think it was filmed like in 1960 or something i could be wrong but it's pretty much just a bunch of chopper dudes there's a guy talking about tarot cards there's satanic rituals there's drinking there's passing out and like like a very good amount of little violence you know so that's for Just my dose. yeah so that's for my party people that you want to see that film go right ahead if you're into old films you'll love that thing now we'll go to another old film that's a little bit more um what's the word that i'm looking for like it's a, a little bit more eye-opening it's pretty much there's a a story behind it and it's it's a little intense and that's easy rider 
a lot of people probably heard of the movie and never watched it because it's old but uh it, it's pretty much these two guys i think it's peter fonda could be wrong i'm really horrible with names and then freaking dennis hopper and they both pretty much uh sell a, a huge amount of drugs from mexico in the first five minutes of the film go back going back to the money situation to buy choppers so that's their only get down to selling drugs is to get these two choppers to get them to freedom. And they think freedom is finding it in Florida. So the whole movie is literally about them going from Los Angeles to Florida in X amount of time and all the adventures that go with it. It's a sad ending, but uh, definitely a really good film. I'm sorry, yeah. I was like really excited, like how you were describing the movie. I was like, oh, that sounds, that sounds amazing. And it's like, that has a sad ending. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, I know, it, that's how it is. Cause you're like into the movie the whole time. Like there's acid trips in that movie. So you're like, whoa, this is freaking crazy. And then you're just like, oh my God, what, really? But it's pretty much real life. It's, it's what a lot of people back in the day were really, you know, going through. So that's a really good film. Now a book, and this is for everybody that wants to ride Harley, Harley specific. The book I'd pick would be the manual to the bike that you have because Harleys are a piece of work. Like they suck. They suck. And I know they say like, well, you, you know, you're only as good. Your bike is only as good as how you build it. Yes. But uh, there's some Harleys that are haunted. Like those things will not get you anywhere. So definitely a, that having the manual to the bike that you own or Harley that you own is going to be a lifesaver. You'll know so much by just reading the damn manual and album. Uh, I'm, I'm really horrible with music as far as albums go, but you could always find me at the greatest hits section, <laughs> like Amoeba and stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, Bob Seger, greatest hits. Yeah, all his songs are road songs. So when you're on the road listening to Bob Seger, just know your skin is going to turn into chicken skin and you're going to be feeling it on your lower back. You're just going to be lifted by that. So those those four, I could say, are going to be in the syllabus for sure. I can see her lying back in her satin
Well, he sat down and wrote another verse to the song, and he sent it to me. And after reading it, I realized that my friend had written the perfect country and western song. And I felt obliged to include it on this album. The last verse goes like this here. Well, I was drunk the day my mom got out of prison. And I went to pick her up in the rain. But before I could get to the station in the pickup truck, she got robbed over by a damned old train. last question that I save for every guest is what advice do you have for future whatever? So for you, like what advice do you have for future writers? Uh, I E me, <laughs> I need advice. Okay. So, um, in, the intimidation factor is a huge part. Uh, I would say don't be intimidated, you know, don't feel like you need to write something that you are not ready for. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like because you're writing what you're writing is like uh uh like a social status ride what you want to ride and have a damn good time doesn't matter what it is you know i could roll up in my chopper with all the bells and whistles and you could roll up in like the world's you know held by a stick it doesn't matter if we're both having the same amount of fun that's all that matters and please be safe because so many people get into accidents and a lot of the accidents are not, uh, you know, you're not, you're not at fault. It's usually somebody else's fault. So the more aware you are, the more fun you're going to have, the more time you're going to have on your bike and the more places you will be able to see. No, definitely. And uh, just overall, because I mean, I also have other friends who ride and it's, it's scary when I hear that they've been in an accident, you know, they get the whole like road rash. It's just terrifying. Um, Share the road. Like, Fucking look over your shoulder when you're about to change lanes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I actually, on on my bikes, I don't have a rear mirror because I don't like looking back. mm -hmm. (laughs) I always say as a joke, like, dude, I I, I move forward. I don't look back. (laughs) But I say it as a joke because, yeah, like, uh, for me, I have a really huge, I get intimidated when there's cars on my ass you know but the the less of that that i know like the le- the least information i could have on me and this is ignorant as hell but uh mind you i've been writing for a little while so i i'm able to kind of like figure out my 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 skill level uh i don't like looking back and that's just me and i don't run a front brake on my bikes so i try to just 
keep keep all that as simple as possible because it'll be able i will be able to maneuver my bike as clean as possible and if i know that i'm going to get into an accident it's usually going to be because it's my fault you know and i have i've been in accidents where they're my fault you know and bless it i wasn't drunk or anything like that so definitely a good thing but um yes always be as safe as possible and you will have a way better time after you have a very beautiful skill level that you're comfortable with then that's when you get jiggy with a bunch of stuff like learning willies you can stunt your bike you do all that stuff but for the meantime for people that are just starting i don't suggest any of that stuff yet definitely well i don't have any other questions for you unless you had something else you wanted to say to the listeners uh oh yeah hell yeah um let me see what i could throw down in there and these are all jokes don't get offended this is a biker thing okay so uh remember there's motorcyclists there's bikers bikers are gonna give you hell you know it, picture us coming from the outside of a freaking cave, musty, dirty as hell, but with the greatest, biggest hearts. But we're there for all the jokes. We're still living in like 1960. You know, we are the most respectful people. But at the same time, we'd like to have a little bit of respect, not in front of the people in the vicinity, but on the road, you know. And then there's motorcyclists where they are. Um, you know, enthusiasts of every single bike and they want to be as safe as possible. And these guys, uh, I, I, we make fun of those people, you know, <laughs> we, we make fun of them with open hearts, you know, because we still joke around, you know, we, there's still a sense of, uh, like, uh, you know, and, and these times of days we, they call it bullying and stuff like that. I think bullying is with malintent, uh, malice intent but uh no it's not bullying it's just to throw down a good time you know imagine in a world where everything is perfect that would suck you know world that's perfect it would suck because you just get judged for every little bad thing that you say but um this is for all the listeners and this is just for fun and you'll probably be like yo damn rick's right uh so pretty much if you ever see a sports bike rider in the road look at his shoes (laughs) <laughs> Look at his shoes. All right. Most of the time, you know, uh, for guys that are not on um, um, on sports bikes, you'll see like Vans, you know, slip-ons, you know, like Chucks. You're your regular sneaker, you know, it's something simple. But for some damn reason, those freaking uh, the, those sports bike riders, they got the craziest shoes. The craziest shoes. I don't even know where they get them. And it's like, whoa, what the hell? This thing's like paper thin. I think I've seen them in Macy's once. (laughs) (laughs) I'll uh, I'll keep an eye out. I do want to say thank you so much for giving me a bit of your time. I will take you up on that as far as like sharing stories another time with a whole new playlist. Um, And with that being said, thank you guys for tuning in. So until next time. Absolutely. You guys have a good one. Later.